This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. From hockey to wrestling, football to golf, no sport left unturned. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740 Zoomer Radio. Uh, good morning, Naz. Uh, this is our first anniversary on the air today, so congrats. Thanks for putting up with me for a year, and uh, we've, had, uh, we've had a lot of fun in the last year, and we're going to have a lot of fun today. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Wally. It's been a great year uh, so far, and hopefully another 10. <laughs> Anyways, big, uh, big, uh, big announcement. Uh, two, uh, two interesting guests today. Uh, in honor of WrestleMania 31, the phenomenon that WrestleMania is, and uh, WrestleMania out tonight in Santa Clara, California. Uh, it's WrestleMania 31. I still remember watching WrestleMania 1. It uh, seems like uh, seems like yesterday. But we have today to talk about WrestleMania, wrestling, and uh, some other uh, things in the life of Ted, the million-dollar man, DBS. He's certainly one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Some of the greatest, some of the greatest antics and gags. In, in wrestling history, and I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about talking to the yeah, Million he, Dollar Man. He, he was quite the, he quite was quite the, the character. character. And, yeah, uh, he was really good. He, and and uh, Ted, uh, Ted the Million Dollar Man is doing well these days, and uh, he's out in uh, California this morning and today taking part in the WrestleMania festivities, and he's also doing God's work as a minister with the Ministry of David, and we'd certainly like to chat to him about that. And uh, so he'll be on shortly, and we also have today former L.A. Kings owner and Toronto Argonaut owner, because the Argos have been in the news quite quite a bit in the last uh, couple of weeks, Bruce McNall. So that certainly uh, be fascinating talking to Bruce McNall this morning as well. Two interesting characters, one in wrestling, one in hockey and football. It's uh... So be that, that's that, that's going that's going to be uh, certainly looking forward to that. And uh, uh, before we go to break, uh, certainly uh, the number one topic of conversation in Toronto most weeks is the Toronto Maple Leafs, and uh, they had uh, uh, a victory last night. Uh, some fans will be pleased about that, and some fans won't be pleased about that. Uh, uh, doesn't line them up better in the Connor McDavid Derby, but. Uh, Certainly, they showed a little bit of life last night, and uh, you know it's professional sports, and we like to see them put an effort out out there. Naz, your your impressions of the game last night? Uh, the Leafs played really well. They were inspired by a young boy, an eleven-year-old boy, Garrett Gamble, from Saskatchewan, who was uh, made an honorary Leaf through the Make a Wish Foundation for Maple Leafs in Sports and Entertainment. And that boy, uh, I loved it when he was on the uh, at center ice dropping the puck, and it was pretty inspirational for the guys on the Leafs team. And uh, I think they won it for him. I really do. They played really well. Tyler Bozak scored three goals and had an assist. And he, the kid, chose chose that number 
to be part of the wow. lease. Isn't that something? Eh? I know that you were uh, uh, you were pretty emotional about it, and as you to you uh, texted me last night telling me about it, and uh, you know we're we're big critics. Yeah. Of uh, of Maple Leaf sports and entertainments because a lot of times they do deserve to be criticized and uh, uh, for for a lot of the things that they do, but sometimes they do the right thing. And certainly last night we will compliment Maple yeah, Leaf sports absolutely. and entertainment. We are not above uh, giving credit where credit is due. They did. They it was a very 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 nice ceremony for a charming young man. And uh, certainly brought uh, brought a lot of good feelings to the ACC last night. And uh, uh, good for you, MLSC. Uh, keep up the good work. Uh, that's uh, something fans do like to see. The Leafs aren't going to move in the standings now. It looks like they're going to finish 27th, ahead of uh, behind Carolina and ahead of the Oilers and Arizona. So it looks like they're going to finish 27th uh, this year. So that's their spot. Enjoy the last six games, and hopefully they can be they can be entertaining in those games. Well, it's the last six games in the Peter Horacek area, Horacek era in Toronto. He certainly, there's no question he won't be back next year. So no. the, the Mike Babcock debate is uh, is heating up, and uh, uh, the rumors are starting to fly, and uh, they will only get. Uh, stronger and stronger and stronger as we get towards... Uh, how, how do you like this one? They're starting on WGR, they're starting a Mike Babcock to the Buffalo Sabres rumor. No, I don't, I don't buy that one. There's, they're there's starting no that. chance Mike Babcock's going to the Buffalo Sabres. I mean, come on, let's get serious. Come on. Mike Babcock to the Buffalo Sabres. But you've got another interesting candidate you've been you've been blogging about all week, Naz. Uh uh, uh, a young man that's coaching up in the Sioux. Tell us about your latest, uh, well, your is, latest shot in the dark for Leaf coaching candidate. There's a there's a there's a tie with Kyle Dubas and Sheldon Keefe. Sheldon Keefe has been a coach for eight years, five at the two tier two, sorry, six at the tier two level, and two with the Sioux Greyhounds. His winning percentage in junior hockey is over eight hundred percent. That is an absolutely amazing record. Can he handle the NHL? Not sure, but worth investigating for Anyways, sure. without further ado, we're going to break, and uh, we'll be right back after break with the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. Looking forward to that. It was a rainy day in Pizzaville when I got my fill. Ponzo Combo, Ponzo Combo. You get two Ponzerati with two toppings each, plus two big Pepsis, the deal is a peach. Ponzo Combo, Ponzo Combo. Just $13.99, that's low. For show, let's, whoa. Ponzo Combo, Ponzo Combo. Visit pizzaville.ca or call 736-3636. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. 
Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000-square-foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge, the best. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Settler for Alt Infinity and Vaughn. Car buying made simple. That's what Alt Infinity is all about. No stress, no hassle, no nonsense. Just fun and easy and rewarding experience that will put you behind the wheel of a fabulous new or used Infinity. Expert sales staff, superior service, and the largest selection in Ontario. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's what makes Alt Infinity the captain's choice. Alt Infinity, Woodbridge.com, at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Striving to inspire you at every turn. Discover Villanova College, York Region's only independent co-educational Catholic school. We offer small class sizes and a commitment to academic excellence towards properly preparing students for university and lifelong success. If you are a young person or a parent seeking more from today's education, then take a moment to learn more about Villanova College. Find out about our specialized enrichment programs, including STEM and advanced placement. For information regarding admissions or to schedule a personal tour, visit VillanovaCollege.org. From face-offs to playoffs, field goals to own goals, you're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Dollar man. And you will be bought. <laughs> Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. Today is WrestleMania 31 in Santa Clara, California, and we're pleased to have on the line with us this morning WWE legend and Hall of Famer. And also doing God's work today with the ministry of David, Ted, the million-dollar man, DiBiase. Good morning, Ted. Are you with us? I'm very here. Very here. How are you guys doing? Uh, thanks. Thanks. We're doing great, and thanks so much for joining us. We know it's uh, you're on California time, so it's pretty early out there. So, <laughs> yeah, it so it's it's okay. it's really early. So we'll uh, we'll try and uh, we'll uh, we'll try and get this uh, we'll try and get this started and ease and ease you into it. Ted, how are you this morning? Aside from it's uh, probably still daybreak in California. Uh, I'm very good. It's uh, it's you know I've been out here since Thursday uh, evening, and the uh, Hall of Fame was last night. Um, which is always, you know, it's, it's, it's becoming like the, you know, the favorite day because of, uh, you know, just the people that uh, are, are are there, not only the inductions, but the all the people that come forward. All, it's, it's almost like a, a reunion of wrestlers out here, you know, now on on uh, on on 
WrestleMania weekend. Ted, uh, so have to ask. Yeah, Ted, uh, Ted, we're, of course, we're talking to Ted, the million dollar man, DiBiase. Uh, Ted, I have to ask you, uh, it was Hall of Fame last night, and uh, I will tell you, honestly, you're one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. I thought, I thought your character and, and the antics that either you created or Vince McMahon created uh, for you were certainly legendary, and we'll talk about a few of them, uh, and, had, and had an absolute blast uh, watching you and, and WWE at that time growing up with my son watching it together. But uh, I have to ask you, last night, Randy the Macho Man Savage was, was admitted uh, to the Hall of Fame, and that certainly must have been a melancholy moment. Uh, Macho Man, of course, one of the most beloved wrestlers of all time. Tell us about the moment last night when his name was called and, and your recollections of the Macho Man. Well, I, it was very, very, very special. And, you know, and most of us felt, you know, uh, very much long overdue. And because uh, Randy was that, I mean, uh, if you listen to all of the things that uh, Hulk Hogan said about Randy, you know, I, I, thought, I thought Hulk hit the nail right on the head because I said, I always said that Randy was just a consummate professional. You know, he, you know, he was so intense about, uh, uh, making sure everything was going to be just right. Uh, you know, in the old school way of wrestling, you know, it was like, we didn't like really diagram matches. We, we knew exactly how it was going to end. And we, we kind of called it on the fly, but Randy, Randy actually liked to do that. I mean, he was, he was flexible, but again, it was, it, it, it just, it was just, uh, his professionalism. Like, you know, every time we do this, I want to make sure we get it right. So, and, and yeah, I just thought it was, it, it was awesome. Uh, I mean, everybody, I mean, and, and the, the building erupted, you know, when, when his name was called. So, uh, it was, it was great. Ted, how did you get started in wrestling, and how do you, how was your path to the WWF slash WWE? Um, well, I grew up in the industry. My late father, Mike DiBiase, who wrestled as Iron Mike, uh, was a professional wrestler as well as a national amateur champion out of Nebraska. And so he was my inspiration. So, you know, wrestling's been a part of my life, my entire life. And uh, I, I started wrestling right out of, out of college in 1975. And I started my career in uh, the Mid-South area under Bill, Cowboy Bill Watts. The Mid-South wrestling is also uh, iconic, legendary. Uh, Bill was really one of the, uh, in my opinion, one of the greatest uh, minds of, of, of the wrestling industry. And uh, uh, it's like the Mid-South uh, brand is, you know, again, I have fans all the time. I get, I just get comments all the time. Boy, Mid-South wrestling, Mid-South wrestling. So I was exposed to a lot of wonderful guys, people that were, I mean, the guys that helped shape my career, uh, Terry Funk, uh, Vic Murdoch, Harley Race, um, just to name a few that were just uh, uh, unbelievably well-respected and, and great wrestlers. So, um, you know, that exposure was was enormous as a young guy growing up. But uh, I went to the WWF the very first time in 1979 when it was still was still being run by this man Cedar. And uh, my my last match leaving New York um, that time was uh, with this new guy nobody had ever heard of named Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> that was your first match. Yeah. 
his his first his first his first match, match. Madison Square Garden was with me. Yeah, and uh, I was the good guy, and he was the bad guy. <laughs> Ted, wow, Ted, uh, I've got and, to ask uh, you. Uh, sorry, uh, uh, hope you don't. We hope hope you don't mind. We have a little bit of fun. I know. Uh, in in uh, you started in 1987 as the Million Dollar Man, and uh, we we've had certainly some inflation since then. So, if you were starting today, would you be the Billion Dollar Man? I guess I would have to be. <laughs> I don't. I don't think Ted. I don't think a million dollars is enough for for the character that you were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we we'd have yeah, to yeah, bump yeah, that yeah, figure yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, uh. Not much to brag about anymore. Not anymore. So if you don't mind, where the Naz and Wally Sports Hour has rechristened you the Billion Dollar Man. Uh, <laughs> wrestling, wrestling's fun, but it's it, it can also be serious. And uh, and you were you you had the character and the persona of the mil, <laughs> of the Million Dollar Man. And uh, and how much of uh, how much of that character is is Ted DiBiase a part of? Is that completely? Not no, Ted DiBiase, is that completely a character or is that part of you? Oh, it's absolutely completely a character. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not who I am at all. Um, I mean, especially today, um, you know, I'm, a, I'm a Christian minister, and the, the main our man character is the composite opposite of anything that God would want you to be. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I mean, the character was... Uh, was one that was created by Vince McMahon. It was, I mean, it was his personal project, and uh, I was, just happened to be the guy he picked for it. And uh, I remember him saying to me, he said, you know, the one thing everybody hates is a rich guy who looks down his nose at people and by virtue of his wealth thinks he's better than everybody. And I just started laughing when he said it, and I said, I can't stand guys like that myself. <laughs> and... Uh, but that was the essence of the character, and, and of course, uh, actually, there's been, you know, since then, like uh, when I left, uh, a guy named JBL came along, and JBL was like the cowboy version of me. And then, uh, then they had a guy named uh, Roberto Del Rio, and he was the Mexican version of me. <laughs> so they, uh, uh, they, they uh, this everybody. It was such a good. It was such a good character. Obviously, people want uh, imitation as the sincerest form of flattery. Uh, uh, Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man, on the line with us today. Uh, WrestleMania 31 tonight. Uh, Ted, I have to ask you. Naz and I were big wrestling fans, uh, both during the 60s and 70s, and also during your heyday. Um, I, I, I've got I've got an opinion of wrestling today. I don't watch it as much as I used to, uh, but. Uh, what do you think of wrestling today? Uh, l- l- let me tell you where I perhaps think it falls down a little bit in terms of character development. L- listen to some of these names from the past. There's the Million Dollar Man. There's the Brain Heenan, the Hitman, the Macho Man, Jake the Snake, Jesse the Body, Jimmy and Mouth from the South, IRS. Incredible characters, incredible character development. And now, you know, you know not, not that these guys aren't athletes and great wrestlers, but you've got Dan Bryan, Brock Lesnar, John Cena. No nicknames. What's going on, Ted? Well, you know, again, um, everything everything changes and evolves. And, uh, uh, you know, like the, the, the way that we learned our trade back then, uh, you know, like um, my, my generation of guys, maybe the guys just after me, uh, you know, Shawn Michaels and Undertaker and those guys, uh, 
we were a little younger than I am. And they just these guys are just now retired. Uh, we're probably the last generation of guys that learned the, the wrestling business the old school way, which was we wrestled every night in front of a live crowd, and it was an acquired skill. Um, and but I, you know, I agree to some to, to some degree. I, uh, you know, what I get from the fans a lot is, you know, it's just it's, it's, it's too much talk and not enough action. And uh, um, you know, in, in some regards, I believe it's because some of these young guys just have not had the the opportunity to learn the business the way we we did because it doesn't exist anymore. In other words, they've got a I tell you the new thing that's really good. Uh, the new training facility in Orlando, uh, with the, what they call uh, with the brand NXT. A lot of fans are really loving to watch that, and a lot of old old school wrestling fans would even say, "Man, the NXT the NXT stuff is better than Monday Night Raw," and and I think they're saying that because it more it more resembles what we did when when, when wrestling was so regional and territorial and. Uh, and of course, that's under the tutelage of uh, uh, Triple H, and uh, and again he came out of that. And I know he was the heir apparent, along with uh, Stephanie. You know, when when Vince you know steps aside, so um, you know, uh, hopefully things are going to you know take a swing back in that direction. But you know, I mean, throughout for as long as I've been in the wrestling industry, it, it runs in highs and lows. It gets really, really, really popular, and then it'll take a dive. And, It'll level off, and, and but it never goes away. Ted, and, um, Ted, as a heel, have you ever been threatened by a fan? <laughs> and what's your funniest story? Oh, yeah, absolutely, I've been threatened. I mean, there's, uh, gosh, I, there's, you know, back in, in, in the old school when I was down in Louisiana and Mississippi, I mean, there's times when I had to, you know, defend myself. Wow. Um, I'll tell you one story that was really funny. When I became a bad guy, actually, I turned on Junkyard Dog. And actually, Junkyard Dog was one of my best friends. He was the, he was the best man at my wedding. And uh, but in the context of the storyline, I turned on him. And so the first time we wrestled in New Orleans, uh, I told the agent, who was Grizzly Smith, I said, I'm not driving my car to the city auditorium in New Orleans. And he said, why? I said, because when I come out, it will be on blocks. <laughs> and he started laughing. And he said, okay, ride with me. So I rode down there with him. And uh, so that night, it's the first time in New Orleans after the people had seen me turn on JYD on television that we had this match. And so, uh, you know, the best thing about my my type of heel is like I'm, I'm, I, I run my mouth and then I become a coward. So, and so I told JYD, I said, you hit the ring running and I'm going to run from you. And once you finally catch me, just, just beat the tar out of me. And then, and then we'll, you know, then we found a way to, you know, once again, screw him. And, and I win the match, you know, in an underhanded way. People are, you know, initially they're happy that he's beat the hell out of me, but now they're really mad because I've, I've done it to him again. And, of course, that's what gets him to come back the next week. Well, I go back to the dressing room, and I, I'm showered up, and, I'm, and, and, and then Grizz, you know, Grizzly Smith, who was the agent who I'd ridden down there with, he comes walking in the door. He's just got this this this, this grimace on his face, you know, and I said, what's, what's wrong, Grizz? I said, there's something wrong with the match. He said, no, the match was great. I said, so what's wrong? 
He said, they slipped my tires, all four of them. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> great. What a story. The people were mad oh. because I, I, they were so mad at me, they slipped his tires. <laughs> Anyways, we're, uh, I hope you got another five minutes for us, Ted. I know that uh, there's a lot of demands on your time today because it's WrestleMania, and everybody wants to talk to the billion-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. <laughs> Uh, just having a little bit of fun. Uh, Ted, uh, I know that uh, you, 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 know, you, you had the shtick of, of going around with, uh, with money and all of that, and I don't know if you follow hockey at all, but I remember 1987, it was 87 or 88, uh, where you, uh, one of the greatest antics ever in WWE history, or WWF at the time, was I, I believe you bought the WWF title from Andre the Giant. You put Andre in the rink against the Hulkster, and he won, and then you bought the title. And apparently Vince McMahon didn't go over didn't go over that well with Vince McMahon. But we, I, I just got to ask you: Is there anything you can do about buying a Stanley Cup for the Toronto Maple Leafs? <laughs> you know, uh, I always say that that, uh, that that money can buy anything. <laughs> I just don't know if that's possible. <laughs> <laughs> that's even beyond beyond the powers of the billion dollar man. I just want to get serious for just a second, uh, Ted. Uh, um, we, we would be remiss if we didn't go with this interview without without talking about Vince McMahon, because uh, Vince McMahon, I've always said it, and I've said it on the air, and I've said it on our blog site. I always thought he was a, the sports marketing genius of our generation. Uh, am I wrong? You're absolutely right. I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, you know, there's always, you know, there's always a love hate relationship with guys like Vince, because Vince is a driven man. Uh, you know, and you, you you can't become uh, you can't become that successful without having having a little bit of an ego, right? <laughs> and and it's kind of like they say, you know, when when guys are really smart, they walk a fine line between you know insanity and genius. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think I think Vince walks the line sometimes, but but marketing. Oh my gosh, I, I'll give you an example. Two years ago. I went to Scotland, and I was going to be there for a week. And uh, so they took me into their equivalent of like a, a, a Walmart. And I'm going to pick up a few things. And as I'm walking in, it's a little boy. He's six years old, six years old. And he's walking out, and he's got a grandmother by, hand, by the hand. And as they pass by me, he said, Grandma, that's the million-dollar man. I, I almost had a heart attack. Yeah. I swung around, and I said, you know who I am? And he said, you're the million-dollar man, aren't you? And I said, yes, I am. I said, but how do you know me? And he said, video games. Wow. Oh, and wow. I was like, oh, my gosh. I mean, and here I am. I haven't been in the ring. I'm 61 years old now. So I was 59 then. You know, I don't have blonde hair anymore. I wear glasses. I don't really look like that much like that guy anymore. And he recognized me in Scotland. And so I was like, just, it's unbelievable. The marketing is just incredible what Vince has done. I mean, you know, uh, we, you know, it's hard for people that aren't wrestling fans. You know, they, they don't, they don't get it, but we are more recognizable worldwide than NFL football players or, you know, just about anybody because if we're global. We go to all these countries. We're not, you know, it's like, they say, like, in, in the United States, you know, the, the world champions that win the Super Bowl. Well, the world champions are not really the world champions, the, the United States champions, because the NFL is only in the United States. That's so true. So anyway. Now, uh, what are you doing today? You're, you're, with, you're a minister. Can you briefly describe the ministry and 
What takes up your well, time? Well, I, uh, I am, I guess it's basically what you would call me as an evangelist because I travel. I don't pastor a church. I travel and I, and I share the gospel. And again, I travel because, again, the, the marketing that, that Vince McMahon had done has given me uh, a worldwide, worldwide recognition. And, uh, for example, this summer I'm going to New Zealand for the first time to do ministry. And I've been to India and I've been, uh, you know, I've been to Europe. Um, and so uh, the name of my ministry is Heart of David. Uh, it's just the name that I gave it. You know, I, I identified with David in the Bible and uh, his heart for God. And uh, so it's evangelism. And I, you know, wanna, you know, some of the things that I that I do on a regular basis, I, you know, I support uh, under, underprivileged and handicapped children. Uh, and here in the last year, I've become very much involved in trying to help our wounded soldiers coming back from uh, from battle. Um, you know, of two million men and women that are in our military, half of them, a million of them, stand in front of the bullets. They're, they actually see combat. And of that million, 22 of them a day are committing suicide. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. And that's a that's a that's a that story needs to get out and, and something needs to be done because we're losing more soldiers to suicide than we've ever lost in battle. Uh, and it's just it's very sad. Well, keep up, keep so, up. Uh, you know, we're certainly proud of you, Ted, and uh, and uh, we you know we support your your great works. Just one uh, one last question, and uh, we'll let you go. Uh, your your uh, your your favorite bout ever of all time and your favorite antic? You know, it's hard to pick a favorite match of all time because you wrestle so many times. But I would say that where WrestleMania was concerned, my, my two favorite matches, my first WrestleMania, I ended up the main event with Randy Savage. That was a favorite. And, uh, and then the WrestleMania match that I had there in Toronto, the WrestleMania 6 with Jake the Snake. Uh, those were two of my favorite WrestleMania matches. Um, and I guess my favorite antic and, or, and, and the one that I've asked about the most to me is all those things that we did. Everybody wants to know if I really jilted that little kid <laughs> out of the money when I kicked the basketball. And, uh, you know, I told him, you know, he would go dribble the ball 15 times. I, I give you 500 bucks and I, he gets to 14 and I kick the ball. I just kind of... Ted, I, correct, I looked correct. at him, I said, you know what, kid, if you don't get the job done, you don't get the money. And he just crocodile tears and he ran to his mother. <laughs> well, I want everybody to know that that was, that was rehearsed. He did get the money. Um, but when we did it live, and because I had to be hardcore, it scared him. That's why he cried. Oh, and wow. He, done, he could not have done a better job. Yeah, he did. Anyways, fantastic. Ted, correct me if I'm wrong. That little kid is now playing for the Los Angeles Lakers, is he not? I I, I can't remember the name. No, but no, no. Here, here's here's what happened. You know, people ask me, they ask me about that more than anything I've ever done. And so I started telling folks, I said, look, that kid's you know grown man now. I see, I see he's probably going to walk up to me somewhere in the airport, tap me on the shoulder. I'm going to turn around. He'll be six six. You know, they remember me. <laughs> and it happened. In uh, Omaha, Nebraska, a few years ago, I was—I rented a car. Uh, I was going; to, I had a speaking engagement, and so I go out and I'm looking for a car. This guy taps me on the shoulder, and turns out he's the—he's the manager of the car rental. Uh, 
Okay. <laughs> and he said, can I help you find a car? Mr. said, Dibiase? And I, I said, yeah, sure. Can you find me something that's going to fit you and me? And, uh, and he said, sure. And he said, oh, by the way, he says, you remember that thing that, that you did with the kid in the basketball? And he just had the look on his face. And I went, no way. <laughs> he, said, he said, yes, sir, it was me. And I said, well, that's, that's awesome. So I said, what, well, what did you do yourself? He said, you're really going to like this. He said, I went to college on a basketball scholarship. Oh, okay. And I said, were you any good? He said, I, well, I got drafted by the Lakers. He said, but I didn't make the final cut. And I said, well, hey, see what I did for you? (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, Ted, unfortunately, our time has run short because we've got another special guest on the line from California as well. Uh, It's gotten up early for us, Bruce McNall. But I do want to say, Ted, uh, thanks so much. You brought a lot of... uh, a lot of fun uh, and a lot of joy to certainly to Naz and I and, and our kids because we uh, we had a blast watching you. I'm a little bit disturbed that you can't uh, you can't buy a Stanley Cup for the Toronto Maple Leafs, so we'll have to we'll have to find another <laughs> another source for that. And I well, know your favorite saying was that everyone has his price. That was the Million Dollar Man. I can assure you that Naz and Wally Sports Hour doesn't have a price, but if you want to stick some money in a briefcase and send it up here, we can certainly talk. <laughs> well, I, 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 guys, thanks for the interview. You know, I tell you what, I, I love I love Canada. I come in and out of Canada all the time, and uh, I tell you, I'm, I'm very disappointed this morning because it's early morning out here, and I want a cup of coffee, and I can't get a cup of Kim's. There you oh, go. There you go. Okay, you send you send the million bucks up here, and we'll send you some Tim Hortons coffee. That's a deal. Anyways, we've been talking to thanks, Ted, 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 the million dollar DBSE. Uh, thanks so much for joining us, and uh, and have have a blast at WrestleMania tonight. All right, guys, thank you very much. Thank you. Of course, that was uh, that was Ted DiBiase, the uh, the million dollar man, and uh, it's WrestleMania thirty one, and. Uh, we were scheduled to go to commercial right now, but we're, we're not going to go to commercial. We've got Bruce McNall on the line, so uh, he's been patiently waiting for us. And uh, let's, uh, let's talk to Bruce McNall. Bruce, uh, uh, are you with us? Oh, yes. I'm right here. Thanks for joining us. Just to remind our listeners, Bruce McNall, of course, famous in Canada for uh, being the owner of the Los Angeles, former owner of the Los Angeles Kings, former owner of the... Toronto Argonauts, who have been in the news up here uh, this week, uh, Bruce, and of course, uh, to Canadians, one of the central figures in the infamous Wayne Gretzky, Edmonton Oiler, and Los Angeles King trade. Uh, Bruce, uh, we haven't heard from you in a while. Uh, tell us uh, tell us what's going on in the life of Bruce McNall, and, and how are you doing? Oh, I'm, uh, I'm doing great. Everything is, uh, <clears throat> is, is, uh, is great down here. I'm uh, still producing movies like I've done you know, over the many, many years, and uh, I still uh, uh, deal with the Kings quite a bit. They've been uh, very nice, and I work with them with their charity work and uh, uh, things of that nature. Luke Robitaille and I are, you know, Luke is now the president of the Kings, and uh, we're very close. And So I see him all the time, and we uh, uh, you know, we try to uh, do various things together. I try to help them with sponsors and also uh, their charity work. So it's been a lot of fun. Bruce, uh, you were responsible for the hiring of Gary Bettman. And uh, Gary's been uh, commissioner for over 20 years. How did you see him back then? Well, you know, at that time, uh, uh, we needed somebody, I thought, who, uh, who was going to be helping us with the work stoppage that was imminent and, uh, in the NHL at that time. And uh, I talked to David Stern, the then commissioner of the NBA, and I actually asked him first 
as he could uh, if he was interested in the job. And he laughed. He said, no, I really can't. He said, but, you know, Gary Bettman would be a great choice for you. So I met with Gary, and I realized, you know, we needed somebody who knew pro sports, who knew collective bargaining, who understood that world. And uh, with everybody else we interviewed at the time, we interviewed literally dozens of people, uh, this man stood out. So I went back to uh, to my committee. At that time, I was chairman of the league, so I went back to the committee, and I said, look, we talked to Gary. Talk to him. I think he's the right guy, and uh, and uh, they all agreed immediately that this was the obvious choice. And we went to the board, and he was hired immediately. Uh, Bruce, I don't know if you were you were on the line for 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 a short period of time before. We were talking to Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man. Talked a little bit about Vince McMahon and, and his genius in sports marketing. And of course, you were. You were a groundbreaker, and I'll, and I'll put it out there. You were a groundbreaker uh, in the NHL and in sports franchises. Uh, you were, you were, you, you were, a, you were, you were very sensitive to marketing and what the fans were looking for, and you brought a different way of owning a sports franchise. And uh, your two signature moves, of course, uh, Wayne Gretzky in in L.A. and and the Rocket. In uh, you stole the Rocket away from. Uh, from the NFL, uh, what uh, you know, you 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 understood sports in a way that that perhaps other owners didn't. And uh, tell us a little bit about what uh, what your theory of sports ownership was, and what what you were looking for when you were the owner of a sports franchise. Well, you know, when you get down to it, sports is just another form of entertainment. And I grew up and lived all my life in L.A., which is the entertainment capital of the world, and. You know, I realized that, uh, you know, in order to compete with other forms of entertainment, you really had to bring something special, especially in L.A. And frankly, Toronto as well, because it's a major city. And there are a lot of competitive issues up there. And uh, and I thought that uh, when I bought, when I was able to uh, buy the Kings, and it was a, I was a big hockey fan through the 70s and 80s, uh, I realized that we had to do something to make it relevant in L.A. Uh, you know, before that, heck, you know, you... you, you uh, I would go to all the games. I knew everybody in the stands. You know, yeah. they all would say hi to each other. Uh, there was no, you know, six, seven thousand people, and that was it. And uh, there was always the same, cr- the same crowd. And I realized we had to do something. That's why I, uh, I pushed and pushed and pushed until I finally was able to pull off the Gretzky deal. And it was similar in Canada as well. I thought, you know, again, the Toronto Argonauts were bringing in about twenty thousand people in the Sky Dome, and that you know it holds nearly fifty-five thousand. And uh, and how do you make it relevant? How do you make how do you make a splash? Well, the first splash I did was to give uh, you know Wayne and, and John Candy ten percent each. And I knew that, that adding a, two icons, two Canadian icons, uh, as the ownership group would help that a lot. And the second thing was to get some some player that was going to to, to really throw some excitement into the city and into the sport. And uh, and then I had this idea. When I realized that Rocket Ismail was available uh, in the draft, uh, obviously, you know, he was going to be the number one pick in the NFL draft that year. And I went to him. I said, look, do you want to uh, you want to run back kickbacks and, you know, play with the Cincinnati Bengals? Or do you want to, uh, or do you want to be the biggest star in Canada? And uh, that's sort of how I sold it with him. And uh, he agreed, and thank God it all worked out wonderfully. We sold out, you know, everywhere we went, basically, in, in, uh, in Canada. John Candy was wonderful at helping that, and uh, and we made the sport a little bit more relevant at that time, and uh, that's 
sort of my theory is make it entertainment. You know, it's all about that. Now, the CFL is going through a stage right now where the Argos are in a similar situation that you talked about. They have a 55,000-seat stadium, and they're only getting 20,000 people. But the things have changed in football. The NFL is so dominant. Is there a chance of uh, the Argos ever being uh, viable in, in this market, or is it is it Toronto a big enough, too big a city to do this in, and as they are NFL people here? Well, actually, you know, the, the problem as I see it, and I, and I found when I was there, is that although I love the Argonauts and I love the CFL, uh, and it's part of Canadian history, Toronto is a major league city uh, with that number of people and that cross-culture you have up there, I think ultimately it's going to be an NFL franchise up there, although Buffalo obviously is a problem, and uh, the NFL will not do anything to hurt Buffalo. Uh, I still think that it's, something's got to give, because uh, I think Toronto is just, just too big a city to, uh, to maintain the Argonauts, you know, as relevant as they, as they should be. Uh, it just, I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's got to be an NFL team eventually. Wayne Gretzky brought, and yourself, of course, had, has made hockey very popular in California with a bunch of teams being there now. There's one team in particular, the Arizona Coyotes, that don't seem to be able to make it. What's your feelings on that, and uh, should they be moved? I think, I think the answer is yes, they should be moved, uh, in my opinion. I do think that, first of all, the arena doesn't really, uh, uh, isn't really great for hockey. It's just not a great area. It's uh, it's outside the city of Phoenix quite a bit. It's not in the central central area there. More importantly, for whatever reasons, it just never really seemed to have caught on. I mean, uh, Wayne did a great job of going there and trying to, to instill some excitement there, but even his ownership and his coaching didn't seem to do the trick. So, yeah, I do think it's time to uh, to move it, and I think the NHL is probably you know actively seeking that as well. Uh uh, we're talking to Bruce McNall, of course, former owner of the uh, L.A. Kings and former owner of the Toronto Argonauts. And, uh, Bruce, it's been a while since uh, since you've uh, been the owner of the L.A. Kings, and certainly some of the things that you did in, in the time period certainly changed hockey uh, f- forever. But uh, your your assessment of uh, how, how the business of hockey has changed uh, since you've been an owner and perhaps how the sport of hockey has changed. Yeah, I think that uh, as far as uh, the business side of it is concerned, it's obviously doing extremely well. Uh, in that rare regard, Gary has done a wonderful job in uh, in, uh, in, in in really keeping those 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 numbers, you know, moving upward. I think it's doing great, except like you point out in a couple of cities like like Phoenix, where it's not. Otherwise, I think the, the business part of it has changed. In uh, so far as the numbers are bigger, everything is bigger, and the ownership groups are. Not like the owners that, that, that myself and some of the guys that I had in those days, where we were probably a little close to the players, uh, a little bit more hands-on in some ways. Today, I think that um, because it, a lot of the teams are owned now by larger corporations and bigger folks, there's a little bit more distance between the players and the owners. Um, and, uh, and I think that's there. And then, uh, as far as the game is concerned, I was talking to the Wait, Wayne and I were together when uh, they raised a statue for Luke Robitaille uh, a few weeks ago here in L.A. at the Staples Center. And, and Wayne and I were discussing that very matter. And, and 
you know, we agreed that, you know, it's, it's, it's become extremely defensive. Um, you know, again, the, it's, it's more of a system now. The stars are the coaches and the goaltenders, it seems like, you know. And uh, a lot of the, a lot of the, uh, the, the risk-taking that Wayne did back in his days and, 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 and the more open nature of the game uh, has really changed. Now it's very defensive systems, and it's, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's just changed the nature of the game in that regard. So I think it's, for me, frankly, it's not as fun. <laughs> I like the risk-taking. I like the openness. Like Wayne said, not every pass he made was a great one. You know, <laughs> sometimes they went in the other guy's your own net somehow or the other, but uh, it's still the fun of that of that incredible risk-taking was, you know, made the game kind of a bit more open, a bit more fun. Uh, so today, for me, the game was a little, a little bit slower that way. We're talking to Bruce. Guys are bigger and stronger. Yeah, we're talking to Bruce McNall. Bruce, we just have a, we've got a minute left, and uh, just want to uh, talk about a thing. You've had, you've had some ups and downs in your life, and uh, they're well known. And certainly, uh, I want to, I want to deal with the, with the positive aspect of, of one of the uh, downs in your life. Uh, right. You obviously uh, had some le- legal difficulties, but you had a lot of. Players like Wayne Gretzky, Luke Robitaille, and some of the LA Kings—they stood by your side. They didn't abandon you. Um, and 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 I, to a certain extent, your difficulties brought out the best in human nature. And, and you know, like sometimes when you're down, you find out who your real friends are. Uh, and certainly, you uh, in your time, you developed uh, you developed some incredible loyalty among some of your players. Tell us a little bit about that and what that meant to you. You know, when people ask me sometimes what the what's the greatest moment in my life, uh, it that wasn't necessarily the Gretzky trade or Rocket Isabel and things like that. It actually was when Wayne, for example, uh, waited until I got out of prison before he would have his jersey retired. Um, uh, it's when Luke and his family would come to, to visit me all the time. It was when Rob Blake came to see me uh, uh, when he was playing for the Avalanche and they were playing... Detroit and Luke and uh, Rob Blake came to see me. Uh, it was, you know, times like that that really are meaningful to me. And it, you're absolutely right. Uh, when you're up in the world, everybody loves you. Everybody needs you. When you're down, you never know. And the players, to it, every one of them, I mean, literally, the players were unbelievable to me. Uh, and, and the CFL players as well. Both, both the NFL, I mean, uh, both the uh, NHL and CFL players were just wonderful to me and uh, it meant a lot. It really meant a lot. Uh, we've been talking to Bruce McNall, of course, and uh, Bruce, we, we really want to thank you. This has been very interesting, and uh, thanks for joining us. I know it's early out there. Uh, the sun's coming up in California, and uh, we really appreciate you coming on and sharing with us uh, your your viewpoints on some things, and uh, we wish you all the best. Um, thanks for uh, thanks for uh, your time in the uh, in Toronto and the Argos and the uh, and in the NHL, and wish you all the best. Well, thank you very much. Thanks, Thank Bruce. That was, of course, uh, Bruce McNall. Uh, interesting, uh, some of his comments, Naz. Yeah, very interesting, especially that uh, the players, like Wayne Gretzky, wanted his when his sweater retired for Bruce McNall to be there. That's yeah. an incredible gesture. Anyways, it's time for us to go to break. We'll have a little bit of time when we come back from break to take a couple of calls. If you want to call in, please call in, 416 one eight six six seven four zero four seven four zero. I'll give those to you again. Four one six three six zero zero seven four zero 
1-866-740-4740. We've got, a, we've got some time for a couple of calls before, uh, as soon as we come back from break. We'll talk to you shortly. It was a rainy day when Peterborough asked, how much loyalty is there in the world anymore? Well, about 14 inches, we figure. Introducing Pizzaville's new loyalty programme. After your sixth order, you'll receive a large 14-inch pizza of your choice free with your seventh order. You scratch our back, we feed your face. Find out more at pizzaville.ca. That's pizzaville.ca. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal, yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Settler for Alt Infinity and Vaughn. Car buying made simple. That's what Alt Infinity is all about. No stress, no hassle, no nonsense. Just fun and easy and rewarding experience that will put you behind the wheel of a fabulous new or used Infinity. Expert sales staff, superior service, and the largest selection in Ontario. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's what makes Alt Infinity the captain's choice. Alt Infinity, Woodbridge.com, at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Striving to inspire you at every turn. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Discover Villanova College, York Region's only independent co-educational Catholic school. We offer small class sizes and a commitment to academic excellence towards properly preparing students for university and lifelong success. If you are a young person or a parent seeking more from today's education, then take a moment to learn more about Villanova College. Find out about our specialized enrichment programs, including STEM and advanced placement. For information regarding admissions or to schedule a personal tour, visit VillanovaCollege.org. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. You name it, they'll argue about it. No sport left unturned. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We've got a few short minutes left. We've got, uh, we've got callers on the line, so we'll try and take as many of these calls as we can. Mike from Hamilton, you remember Ted DiBiase's antics. Tell us really quickly uh, an antic that uh, one of your favorites. 
Oh, he was just like a real character. This guy, uh, they all they all were. I don't really watch that stuff anymore, but yeah. it was good for a laugh in the old days. It was just uh, it was. It was yeah, it was. You know what? Uh, I was, you know the T- Ted DiBiase, Macho Man, Hulk, uh, Jake the Snake, the Hitman, uh, my Roddy Roddy Piper. Certainly, uh, uh, certainly the 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 halcyon days of the WWF. Uh, Mike, listen. Yeah. Thanks for your call. We really want to get to some other callers. They're they're holding, and we've got a short amount of time. But Mike from Hamilton, thanks so much. D General, you want to talk some wrestling? Guys, guys, what a great show. I mean, we could have kept that guy on for, for hours. I mean, Iron Mike Sharp, wasn't he Canada's greatest athlete? <laughs> no, no, you got it wrong, D-General. Canada's greatest athlete was Gene Kaniski. Uh, and don't you, that's right. Don't, and don't, yeah, don't you dare <laughs> miss don't it, my you friend. Dare miss it. And when he spoke, everybody needed an umbrella, right? Yeah. It goes back to the first time. <laughs> It goes back to the days of Channel 11, uh, Channel 11 Wrestling and Norm Kimber. The, Norm uh, the Kimber, yeah. Uh, yeah and- but was there any, uh, I'll ask you guys, was there ever a greater uh, duo than, uh, uh, or shtick than Adrian Adonis and, and Relax with Trudy? <laughs> uh, and I ask you guys this trivia question. What was in his suitcase oh. that was marked Relax with Trudy? Uh, you got you mean my zoomer my zoomer brain isn't doesn't work that great. Uh, D Jones, hey, solve uh, solve the riddle for us. Tell us really quickly. He, he had he had a, it was it was a fragrance that he would spray on his. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> to subdue them into. Uh, <laughs> anyway, that was that was a great uh, great interview, and uh, I followed his uh, his career right through. And as and as we speak, I'm wearing uh, the Intercontinental Championship. <laughs> oh, you saved my you, waist this morning. You saved your belt, did you? Yes, yes. Oh, my God. Anyways, D. General, thanks so much for your call. Uh, we, we appreciate it. Have a great week, guys. Thanks. That's fantastic. Listen, uh, is uh, is Kevin from Buffalo still on the line? I noticed him on my screen here. Kevin from Buffalo, are you still there? No, we lost Kevin from Buffalo, if you want to call back. Anyway, certainly some, uh, some, some great uh, wrestling times. WrestleMania 31 tonight. Naz, your favorite wrestler of all time. Favorite wrestler and favorite manager. The favorite wrestler was an old-time guy back in Maple Leaf Wrestling. It was Pompero Furpo was my favorite wrestler back in and, the 60s. Was that the guy with the little, you used to do the yeah, spell yeah. with, the little, with yeah. the little doll or whatever? Yeah, that's it. How, how did he become your favorite wrestler? It's just his, uh, the way he did things. His I, demeanor that, and everything yeah, else? Yeah, I liked him. And your favorite manager of all time? It uh, has to be Abdullah, uh, uh, Abdullah Farouk, the Sheik's manager. The Weasel. The Weasel, yeah. And he was, he he, was the he, best. He was certainly a classic uh, yeah, so uh, WrestleMania 31 tonight should should be a should be a blast and uh, uh, yeah, Ted DiBiase was terrific. Yeah, I mean, you know he what? He had some the, stories that were well, you know Ted right D, up there. The, you know, the amazing part about wrestlers, of course, is uh, you know people say you know how can you take wrestling seriously? It's fake, you know, and and all of that. But it's you know you can call it whatever you want. Entertaining, but it's entertainment. Yeah, and and and. You know, in the last 25 years, they don't make any secret. It's it's their their actors, their talent, and uh, it's a cultural phenomenon. Well, you know, whether you like it or not, there's going to be, you know, tens and tens and tens of thousands of people are going to watch WrestleMania tonight. They always have. I mean, you've had events in WrestleMania. We have 80, 90,000 people, and and it's entertaining. It's entertaining. You know, if uh, you know, and it's and it's relatively. You can take a family to it. You got a couple of small boys, a couple of small girls. Doesn't cost you a fortune. You go down on a, to a Maple Leaf game, 
You know, cost a fortune. And what's the entertainment value? Most nights, it's pretty minimal. The one thing that bothered me about the interview with Ted DiBiase, he did say that the Leafs would not be able to buy a cup. They're beyond no, buy. It's beyond the billion-dollar billion man. Yeah. Not even, not even he terrible. could solve that problem. That's terrible. But, uh, you know, we had some fun with it. And, you know, next week uh, we'll get back to serious discussions on, on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, the, like I said, the Mike Babcock, uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about Kessel and Booth, but you know, at least we saw a pulse from two of our players this week. At least there, there's something beating inside there that they uh, took a couple of swings at each other in practice. And I love to talk about that because I'm starting to get hot and bothered again. But unfortunately, our time has run short. Naz, I know you've got a couple of thank yous you want to make before we sign off. I'd like to thank all our sponsors for the first year. Uh, we've uh, had an interesting season, and uh, we'd like to really thank the people that have been listening. Our ratings were awesome in the last 13-week uh, uh, segment. And hopefully you keep listening, and uh, thank you very much, Wally, for the year. Special thanks to Neil Dearning, who created this program. And without him, uh, we wouldn't be here today. So thanks very much to everybody, all our sponsors, and especially you, Wally. Thanks, Naz. Have a great week, everyone. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.